1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Welcome back, guys. DG as Chet Pleeman joins us. Uh, Chet, let's do the game we always do where I tell you what I think I know and then you tell me where I go awry. (laughs) So, Mm, Fannie Willis, the uh, prosecuting attorney in Georgia who is taking uh, Donald Trump and uh, 18 or so co-defendants to trial for basically shenanigans. And so at some point, they sniff out that one of the prosecuting attorneys who she hired to run the case, Mr. Wade, that they're romantically involved. They think that's a conflict. They think they can get Fannie Willis kicked off. And if that happens, maybe the whole thing goes away, but at least it's enough of a delay that uh, maybe it's after the election. So they have this big long hearing which I was shocked how long it already, you know, had been going on and it was sort you know, it was really kind of unseemly there's no dirty stuff but just like you know, get into people's personal lives when did you first uh become boyfriend girlfriend when did you first sleep together when did you do this when did you do that and what i'm really intrigued by is i guess his former attorney was telling tales uh to people he shouldn't have been and maybe broke the attorney client privilege is that what we're looking at
3: yeah, basically. And it's basically a Rico case uh, wrapped up into a soap opera at the moment. And, and so essentially what you said is, is correct. And so the conflict, what the defendants say, is that that Fannie Willi- Willis had a conflict because when she hired Nathan Wade, they were romantically involved and that she benefited financially by hiring him. And then he essentially pursued Trump and the 18 others. And she benefited financially because Wade took her on these lavish trips, uh, and Wade paid for for them. So uh, at the time, uh, Fannie Willis has also testified, and she said, that's a bunch of nonsense. I paid cash for every single trip. I paid my way all the way along. So now the uh, defense comes up with a, a witness by the name of Uh, Terrence Bradley. Terrence Bradley uh, is a law partner in the practice with Nathan Wade. He is also was appointed by Fannie Willis to prosecute the RICO case against Trump and the others. Uh, And so uh, during the period of time that uh, Bradley is representing Nathan Wade in his domestic uh, divorce case, um, there's some conversation that occurs that the defendants allege involves uh, whether or not uh, Nathan Wade was romantically involved with Fannie Willis before he was actually hired by Fannie Willis, which leads to the conflict as to, well, that's why she hired him because she was going to benefit financially from that. So they subpoena Terrence Bradley. Uh, Terrence Bradley says, well, no, that's an attorney client communication. They have what's called an in-camera review by the court, which is the court, Talking to Terrence Bradley alone to determine whether or not there's an attorney-client privilege, and he wouldn't have to testify. The court says no. There's no attorney-client privilege, so get your tail in there. You're going to testify in this case, which he does. Yesterday, Um, he. I watched his entire testimony yesterday, Dave. And in, in the 50 years that I've been practicing law, I can I can tell you. He is absolutely the worst witness I have ever seen wow. in my entire life. Wow! Um, so, so this character, he comes in and he, he does sense. Now, remember, he is appointed as a, a, and also a prosecutor, an assistant prosecutor to prosecute the Trump case. And and so somehow, some way, uh, after the defense files this motion and they file this motion uh, in twenty twenty four. Uh, at the, to dismiss and recuse Fannie Willis and the others. So somehow, some way, he's communicating as, I guess, as the prosecutor with one of the defense lawyers. And they're going back and forth, having text messages, emails and whatnot, and telephone conversations. And one of the issues that the defense lawyers asks him in a text is, do you think that the affair between Nathan Wade and Fannie Lewis happened before Willis hired him as a prosecutor. He responds in the text message, absolutely, absolutely. Now, that's the text. And, and now they look, well, this is the smoking gun. So now we want, to, we want him definitely to testify. He gets on the witness stand yesterday, and what he basically says is, no, I really didn't know that, but, but it was pure speculation on my part. So you, you have five, six, seven lawyers, however many there were, that cross examined this guy and and he he's all over the place, I mean absolutely all over the board at one point the one of the lawyers sends him a draft motion of the motion to dismiss and the motion to remove uh, Willis and the others and and he basically says, "Looks good to me uh, well." Now what he's saying is, well, no, I really wasn't talking about that. I was talking, I made $74,000 when I was appointed as as an assistant prosecutor to handle this case in addition to my private practice, and I was talking about I wanted you to get that right, and so that's really what I was talking about. I really wasn't talking about everything else, all these other allegations in the pleading in which you said, well, the relationship existed before November 21, which was the date that that uh, Nathan Wade was hired. And so, I mean, this goes back and forth and, and round and round. The, the point, I think, being that 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 the, the issue now is in front of the judge, he has to make a determination as to credibility. Part of the issue as it relates to uh, Terrence Bradley's credibility is that in 2022, when he was a partner with Wade and one other lawyer, He was forced to leave that practice after an employee accused Bradley of some of a sexual assault. And and I think what what this was all about in 2024, after the defense lawyers filed this motion Mm. was I'm going to get you um, uh, because he, he lost his job. He lost the $74,000 job as a, an assistant prosecutor. He got kicked out of the law firm. He had to pay this employee a whole bunch of money. And probably he was blaming um, Nathan Wade, who didn't come to his aid and participated in getting him kicked off the the uh, Trump case as well as getting getting him kicked out of the office. So I, I think there's a little bit of, of that, that back and forth going on. But this is serious stuff because – this judge, and I believe uh, uh, Scott McAfee, is, is a young judge. I mean, he's giving these lawyers, mm-hmm. these defense lawyers, a lot of flexibility, um, and, and he's very calm, and he's, he's you know saying, well, uh, you know, could you rephrase that and let's get to this and that and the other thing, whereas a federal judge might say, sit down, that's it, you're done. But, but I mean, this went on for quite a while yesterday. As you said, it was, it was a very long hearing. And, but now Friday, they're going to argue the case. Both sides are going to argue the case. And then he has to decide whether or not to remove Willis. Well, if he removes Willis and if he re- re- removes that whole D.A.'s uh, team, uh, this is a RICO case. This, you know, another prosecutor um, would have to be brought in that prosecutor to decide to keep the case, could could amend the case, um, to, you know, could could um, throw it all out. Uh, but we would have to start from the very beginning and and a rico case as you know is is a very very difficult complicated case to prove um so so I, I, you know there's a lot at stake here um i think that what's happening here is that uh, uh trump's people are taking this judge down a lot of rabbit holes and and you know and i think to protect his record and so he doesn't get reversed in the long run of things. I think he's giving them a a lot of flexibility, and he's listening um, very attentively to all of the evidence that they want to present. So now he then has to make um, a a credibility determination. And in my opinion, I don't think that uh, this this, um, Terrence Bradley was very credible. There was another another witness, too, who said, well, prior to like in, in 2019, prior to the time that Nathan Wade was uh, hired by Willis, that he, uh, she witnessed Nathan Wade and Willis kicking, kissing and hugging and all that sort of stuff. Now, her, her problem is she got kicked out. She was a prosecuting attorney in Willis's office, and Willis fired her. And so, so she's got an axe to grind, too. So I think at the end of the day, they're going to have to prove that that, and they have the burden, the defendant mm-hmm. has the burden to prove that, that a conflict existed, such such that um, Willis uh, uh, profited financially, and that the um, defendants were prejudiced by, by that. And I don't think that. And this is a pretty heavy burden. And I don't. I frankly don't think, at, at least at this juncture, um, based upon what I've seen uh, that's been publicized, because as you know, um, they um, record or uh, publish. Uh, all of the court proceedings in in Georgia—they're on live TV. So, from what I've seen, uh, I, I don't think they've made the case yet. So, but it is a del- another delay uh by Trump and his folks, and I understand that. I mean, you know, yeah. if, if if you don't have anything, then yeah. de- delay it as much as you can. You know, so all right, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it, chat. You bet. Hmm.
1: Okay.
3: Okey-dokey. It's a different Very, version. Well, <laughs> you know,
1: sometimes things around here don't work the way they're supposed to. So that. rarely, though. I love the computers here so much. i <laughs> just right I'll tell it's you what really works
2: is that dictionary holding up that microphone. That is the height. Yeah. That a, works. That wasn't embarrassing <laughs> That at one's 100%. 100%. No, not embarrassing.
4: But and it just, works and just, 100% of the time. Like, how do you complain? Right. And just knowing instantly, instantly what happened. Knowing, like, oh, okay, I know what happened. Like, the computer just randomly froze and <laughs> off the Because uh, that just happens. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> great.
2: Andrew, come use that dictionary and look up incompetence. Um, <laughs>
4: I'm turning into the joker.
5: Stairway? All right, let's do a couple quick sports things that are not Cardinals, because I know we're going to catch up with Matt Pawley, um at 4 o'clock, so we'll do baseball with him. There's two th- two separate things I want to get into really fast. Do you guys... Have you guys seen, do you know that the the NFL Players Association every year does a survey of all the players and they rate their ownership, you know, and, and they essentially give out letter grades. So A plus for the best, F for the worst. Um, does it surprise you that the owner of the Chiefs finished dead last? Yes. That the yeah. players on the Chiefs rated him the worst owner as far as... Who is ke- the owner? Keep in mind, it's Clark Hunt. Okay. But keep in mind that Easy. what they're rating, I know you got to be careful, What they're rating is not like team performance or what their contracts are. They're rating things like how good are their facilities, how well their family members treated, um, things things along the lines. So the things that they're rating are treatment of families, the food, nutritionists, uh, locker room quality, training room quality, training staff, weight room, strength coaches, team travel. Like how are all of those things handled? And they got an F minus.
2: Wow! What
5: the Chiefs got an F minus Super
2: Bowl winner? Yes,
5: I mean, and by the way, Robert Kraft of the Patriots was near the bottom. It's a fascinating thing. And then I saw. Remember, remember Chris Long, obviously former Rams star. Uh, He's really active on Twitter, and he made a point. He said, "Listen, I've seen how like people get these surveys in NFL locker rooms. Right? Says you get a Pro Bowl ballot. He goes, half the guys just throw them away. You get another thing." people just throw it away. He said the the ones that we took seriously that we all, that he said I the one I always took seriously was this one. The NFLPA survey about so ownership.
2: What's everyone saying?
5: Well, I mean, it's it's really a weird dynamic because some Chiefs fans are mad. Mm-hmm. They're mad like how dare anybody question our owner like, well, <laughs> but this isn't the stuff that involves you. This is like yeah. how are they being treated behind the scenes? Like they were told that they were going to get a renovated clubhouse locker room, and it never happened. And you're like, and the the excuse was, "Well, you guys went too far in the playoffs; we didn't have time." Like, oh mm-hmm. come on! You're gonna tell me you can't get that done in time? You know, so it's it's interesting to me that like what we view as ownership being good is one thing, and what a players view or the group of players view is completely different. Because if you if you gave that poll to Chiefs fans, the like Chiefs are getting an A plus they're in the super bowl all the time right they keep winning but it is an interesting note that just a thing to pay attention to that it's not always as simple as you think you know there are behind the scenes things so i thought that was fun um another one uh, another story i wanted to ask you guys this is this is fascinating to me because we talk about these things in sports radio all the time um you know you guys don't know do you know who mad dog russo is chris mad yeah. dog russo he's one of the old og, OG Sports talk people. He and Mike. He and uh, Mike Francesa had the first ever basically big sports talk show in New York on uh, on the Fan in New York. Well, he's on ESPN part time. He's also on SiriusXM. He has his own SiriusXM channel. They did a list of they th- of what they think are the five hardest sports to play, and his top five has gotten a lot of attention. But I want to turn this into a question. So, in his top five, he included curling, mm-hmm. tennis, and golf.
2: What was the definition of?
5: I don't really know. They just said the five hardest sports to play. He had those three along with the NFL and or football and baseball were his other two, but people were laughing at curling. Mm -hmm. And and again, keep in mind, that's why I wanted to ask you guys this question Mm -hmm. separately is what do you see that looks hard to you? Because to me, the most difficult sport is the one where it's not about skill or knowledge. It's about the physical difficulty of doing the thing, right? Like, Curling to be good at curling in golf, you have to be incredibly skilled. you have to be, have tons of experience, you have to know what you 're doing, but you don 't need to be the biggest, fastest, strongest person on the planet. nobody 's physically removing you from the position you want to be in nobody 's throwing an object at you hundred miles an hour there 's like there 's no real physical obstruction to you doing it and when I think of difficulty that 's what I think of. I think of football because of the physical battle. Mm-hmm. I think of hockey. Because how fast and how physical it is. And there are people, like, actively trying to stop you. I think of baseball. How hard it is to hit something moving 100 miles an hour from 60 feet away and do it regularly. When you guys think of a sport that you're like, that's impossible. I don't know how humans do it. Which one is it for you?
1: Ooh, for me, it's definitely hockey. Hockey? Just everything they're doing and they're skating. (laughs) That's that's a lot. Yeah. A lot going
2: on. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd say car racing. You know what?
5: That's a good one, too. Because... The speed is unfathomable to the rest of us that don't do it, right? And the tight quarters—you're going 200 miles an hour, and, and you're like the, this the far the physi- away from the, the other car. The, next the to
2: physicality you. of it, yes. The shape these guys have to be in,
5: yeah, and and the skill involved too. But it's also like it's this—it's that unnatural speed, yeah. Right. And, and Andrew, any one of them stand out to you like you're like, that's
4: impossible. There's no way. The amount of, of beer you have to drink when you're bowling. Is really like, <laughs> I'm just in awe. I'm just so shocked by it. No, I would uh, I would have to say hockey as well. Just um, I can't skate. I've tried a million times. And I just can't wrap my head around it. So the no thought shock. of.
1: Well, right, exactly. And the thought, the thought of doing any <laughs> he kind rode his of... bike down to the ice rink and was like, no,
4: this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and fail fail. Any, anything that involves multiple coordination, like skating and, uh, you know, trying to control a puck or whatever, like it, it's impossible. I'm just always fascinated
5: when people put in things like golf and tennis. And again, to be the best of the best is incredibly hard. But, but like, people play those sports for recreation. Nobody plays. An interesting
2: question would be you take a 10-year-old, maybe a 5-year-old these days, who's a good athlete, male, female, doesn't matter, and you want them to become a professional athlete, what sport is the easiest to make it and what sport is the most difficult to make it? Yeah. And that takes into account physicality, talent. Uh, the glut of how many people want right, to do number, it. Right, the right, number of the people The amount of competition, to, yeah, the that number of spots.
5: You should put that on your Twitter. That's a hard one. And I'll say the one that might be the most easy to do in college because of numbers is football. Because there are 80 scholarships for every one of those schools and no other sport has that many free opportunities to pursue it. But that's not professional. To get to the pro ranks, you're the 1% of the 1% of the 1% in all of these things. Yeah
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: 337 DGS on KMOX. Man Polly's is going to join us at the top of the hour, talk some uh, Cardinal stuff, just gets keep, keeps getting uh, closer and closer, more and more exciting. Dave Murray joins us. So, Dave, where did it get bad last night? What part of our areas?
6: It's mainly to our north and way to our south, southeast uh, there were some rumbles of thunder around us, but it, it just kind of fizzled as it got closer and closer to St. Louis. Just not enough moisture, and the front came through too late.
2: Yeah, I didn't see much. I, I My home is right on the ninth hole at Old Warson Country Club. So, uh, yeah, we didn't see a whole lot
6: there. like <laughs> 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 well, first of all, you'd be <laughs> across the street. You'd be across the street. You That's would exactly not Actually, right. be on that hole.
2: <laughs> I'm across town. <laughs> I'm like Andrew. I'm right outside the gated community. I mean, I'm not that far. I'm just across a river.
5: Dave <laughs> lives right under.
6: You go through the hole and then you go into the side of the gate. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, okay, that was a great temperature ride, though. was I mean, 86 it? down to twenty-six. This it was in about twelve hours. It was
2: fun, like getting home and it's hot. Yeah. open up the windows, and then you start hearing click, 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 you know, just the branches hitting the windows. You're like, here we go, here we go.
6: Uh, where do we go from here through the weekend, Dave? Yeah, you know, it's pretty quiet. Uh, there's, there's not a lot going on, but we're on another wild temperature ride. Lots of sunshine tomorrow. Cold start. We're going down to 20 degrees, about 50 for the high tomorrow afternoon. So it's a chilly day, even with lighter winds and sunshine. A weak little system is going to come by Thursday night with a little bit of light rain showers, a little bit of sloppy, wet snow. That would be after midnight. It's no big deal, 34 degrees. Friday, March 1st, it comes in like a lamb. Mm. Lots of clouds in the morning, but a sunny afternoon and warm it up to 58 degrees. Saturday and Sunday, all about springtime. Sunny, 69 degrees on Saturday, the record's 82. On Sunday, sunny and 75. For the high temperature sunday afternoon the records 85 that means a south to southwest wind will be kicking in and there's a lot of wildfires from the panhandle of texas down into arkansas mm-hmm. the biggest out in the panhandle of texas might start to notice a little bit of haze especially at sunset and maybe even smell mm. a little smoke that's where it's coming from
2: uh, Dave, is there anything uh, botanical that we can be doing at this time? Because I know everyone's chomping at the bit to do something.
6: Yeah, you know, though this temperature ride gives you an idea why we don't do a lot. But you could start some cleanup if you want to, you know, some oh, raking great. some leaves, just kind of checking <laughs> things out. I wouldn't throw the grass seed out yet. But, um, too late. <laughs> <laughs> too late. Oh, you've got happy birds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, if you had to bet your own $10, you think we'll have uh, any snow the rest of the uh, winter that will you know, March
6: March is one of our biggest snow months, and we never trust the winter until after Easter, so uh, certainly not ruling that out. And uh, the spring forecast coming up tomorrow. Yeah, excited
2: Tomorrow at uh, 335. Uh, Headlines, right, Right here.
1: Yes, Headlines is brought to you by Schnucks. Reward yourself daily with the Schnucks Rewards app. Dave, is your forecast done, or are you going to do any more tweaks in the next 24 hours?
6: It's done, but again, as I've told the story before, when I'm out walking the dogs, I I tend to go through it all in my mind. And there might be one or two tweaks.
2: I just imagine him being done and he sits back and he lights his pipe and then Janice goes, Hey Dave, El Nino's on the phone, he's like, Damn
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well,
6: that brings back some some memories of Saturday Night Live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, on to headlines. Apple is scrapping their electro electric car plans. I think we've talked about this on the show before, but they uh, had plans to build an electric Apple car. Uh, known internally, this project was known as Project Titan, and it had been in place since 2014. They spent Stupid. billions of dollars, and more than 2,000 op- employees were assigned to the projects. Uh, no Apple car was ever produced, and it was even delayed until 2028 recently. Now they've come out and said, we're not doing it at all and all of these resources are being uh shifted to ai related projects instead i thought that was kind of interesting for that to come out on you know around the same time that elon musk says hey i have this roadster that's going to go f- from zero to 60 in less than a second and apple goes eh, yeah we're just not doing that, that
2: won't anymore. cause any accidents
1: am i, though, I the only it? one picking up that the
2: electronic vehicles are really just falling out of favor
1: I was watching something last night. I feel yeah, like I absolutely. was watching something on PBS. And it was it was a feature on Norway and how popular electric cars are in Norway. And most people are driving them. But it just hasn't caught on fire well, in the rest of the world. Something
4: that I've heard people talking about lately is that... So the biggest, uh, the biggest electric car here, I think, is still Tesla. Mm-hmm. And Teslas really fall apart. The reason that Tesla was able to get so big and so successful is that they were based in California, where it is always about the same temperature, never gets super cold, and it almost never rains. And Teslas do not do very well when it gets very cold and also when it gets very wet. Hmm. And so now that Teslas are being tried out and played, you know, if somebody in Minnesota gets a Tesla or whatever, where it's constantly snowing, raining, freezing cold, uh, That's cre- and the Teslas are not doing very well, and they're rusting, and they're falling apart, and their batteries don't work, and you can't get... you can't. Exit the car because the car locks you in and seals itself or whatever. And, yeah. it's, and the electronics are failing. And they didn't, I mean, just no one knew that the problems would be so, like that since they were always in
2: California. Real question, what are we going to do about global warming when it comes to vehicles? If, if, if people think that that's important and yeah. that's a, a large part of the carbon and electronic vehicles are going to save the day and now everyone's like electronic vehicles suck.
5: Yeah. They just got to get better. I mean, think about what early cell phones were and what a phone is now. Mm-hmm. right i mean like one of the problems that i've had with the idea cuz i've looked into buying electric cars in the past it's that okay it, it, the, how how long do batteries last everybody knows that every battery you have degrades over time well how easy and or inexpensive is it to replace it if i replace my car battery it's pretty cheap um but what is it if that's what drives my car is it like getting a new engine um and if it degrades well if i'm not getting 300 miles in range i can't take it on road trips And I don't want to have to stop for an hour or two hours to fuel up. You know, like how fast does it happen? When those problems start to become less of an issue, I think the cars will take off again.
6: And what happens to those batteries? Right. Well, that's the other part is down the
5: road. What are they? And why are most electric cars not cool looking?
1: I don't know. I would love to see a holistic approach too, and see more people using mass transportation. I would like to see more money uh, invested in the mass transit. That would help a lot when it comes to global warming. And I mean, gosh, if you have a snow day and you don't want to drive in it, if you could hop on a train, I mean, that would be amazing. But we just, we just don't have. I wonder
2: why. I wonder if it's the the car manufacturer lobby. I don't know. Like why we never built the trains the way that Europe and Japan did.
1: All right. Pope Francis has been taken to the hospital for flu treatments. He was taken to a hospital today as he continues to recover from the flu. He received some diagnostic tests before returning home, according to the Vatican. He's 87 years old Mm. and he canceled his weekend appointments and opted not to participate in last week's Ash Wednesday procession due to his illness. Didn't realize he was that old. Doesn't seem that old. Yeah, he really doesn't. Uh, Let's see here. You want to do one more story, Dave? Generation Z workers in the United States are gearing up for a year of salary negotiations. According to a new survey by the American Staffing Association, 66 percent of employees between the ages of 18 to 27 intend to request a raise in 2024.
2: I'm mad at Gen Z.
1: Why are you mad this time, Dave?
2: Because I saw a TikTok where a Gen Z guy yelled out to a guy my age, hey, nice boomer pants. Oh,
1: that's so lame. Just let people wear what they want to wear. Is it, You're he- going to be the boomer pants someday. Aren't, yeah. they, aren't
2: humans amazing? Like we will find a difference to hate each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it's Cards Cubs or it's Russia, United States, or it's generational or it's black or white or gay or straight. Or we just we just it's like it's the top of our resume.
4: We're just haters. We really, really are. We just want to hate stuff.
2: <laughs> And you wonder if it goes all the way back, you know? Oh, yeah. 40,000 years ago, it's like, hey, nice corn, (laughs) blow boar. like, I'm going to kill that guy at the rock. I'm sure it
1: did. Oh, let's do one more, one more, one more story here. Marianne Williamson is back in the race saying we must respond She's returning to election 2024 to take on Biden in the primaries. Uh, She basically just thinks we're getting a bad deal with Biden and maybe people could use another choice. I
2: for one welcome her crazy ass. (laughs) I enjoy her. Yeah. She's fun. She is fun. (laughs) She she has a weird accent.
6: All right. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. All righty, I'm pulling up my boomer pants.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Here's a statistic I can relate to. 75% of us have skipped an event to avoid dealing with parking.
1: Oh yeah, for oh. sure. Oh, yeah.
2: The in and the out. I'm telling you man, if I if if I were more important and I had like a pull up to uh Bush Stadium right this way Mr. Glover. Mm-hmm. You know like when celebrities go to Disney,
1: and and they're squired around. Mm-hmm. I would go to so many things.
2: Mm-hmm. Me too. It's just a hassle.
1: There are I'm, whole parts of town I avoid. I mean, I love St. Louis. I'm a, I'm a city resident. Love it here. But it's like, let's go to the Central West End. Well, where am I going to park? Yeah, yeah, it's busy down park? there.
4: I'm a townie. I'm from Alton. I'm used to everywhere having a parking lot that is three times the size that it needs. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm used to having a parking lot with 50 space that never yeah, has more. You just pull in and park.
2: It doesn't matter where. You park
4: <laughs> across the, uh, things. Sideways yeah. across four different spots. It's fine. No one's ever going to need it. So it, so, to and, like, yeah. so it gives me so much anxiety to try and, like, parallel park somewhere downtown. Yeah.
5: I'm with you on that. I'll space space say the, the thing I hate the most, though, is the leaving parking, like, after oh. a concert. That's why I leave so early. Or a sporting yeah. event or whatever. I don't mind Waiting. the finding a spot or going into a big lot, like, for a cards game or whatever. But, man, the getting out, ugh.
2: Uh, also, 75% of people would choose comfort food over gourmet food if they had to pick one. Hmm. Hmm. So you can have a chef make you chef-level stuff that you like. It's not hmm. like, oh, and it's seafoam, but stuff that you love, or you can have someone make you comfort food every day.
4: I mean, I would I could go for some craft macaroni and cheese, perhaps more than anything else in the world right now. I'll say it depends on what <laughs> the gourmet was so much food emotion is behind that. I want it. I want bad. <laughs> it can be all uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.